0: Hey everyone, this is Tim Bicho, the Liberty Advisor of the Tim and John Show. And if we didn't live in such a crazy environment, and if Americans actually maybe understood finance, the news that we have to give you to today or bring to you today would be absolutely huge bombshell news. However, we do live in a crazy world where, you know, unfortunately, people do have the attention span of a jellyfish. And unfortunately, it's just, you know, good old Tim and John who are out there explaining this huge news. Recently, we did a show with Etienne de la Boutier, and uh, that was actually released yesterday, but it was not released on youtube so please head to timandjohnshow.com where you can watch the full episode uh you can also uh you know obviously there there's links to odyssey and to bit which are the main places you are going to find us but this news uh and some of that what we did talk with etienne does blend in with this although this news didn't come out or at least we didn't discover it until uh, after the episode but kind of re like setting the stage for what's going on so in september of 2019 the banking system was basically on the brink of collapse and that is not hyperbole uh, so what happens is traditionally banks, they lend to each other, uh, each other overnight. It's usually the, whatever the Fed funds rate is. So it's usually that rate that you guys are going to hear when the Fed Reserve talks about rates, but no one usually actually borrows from the Fed. They usually borrow from the other banks. But anyways, uh, going back to September 19, uh September of 2019, there was one bank or maybe, you know, a series of banks that, um, you know, decided that they wouldn't borrow from the fed, but that they would rather borrow from other banks at close to 10% annualized interest rate when they could have just borrowed from the fed at, uh, at 1.25 and so if you borrow from the fed then it's sort of like you're getting a scarlet letter unless you unless everyone's borrowing from the fed then all of a sudden you know that scarlet letter situation sort of goes away because everyone gets to do it and all of a sudden uh you know it, it really sort of takes that stigma away now this is not meant to be like an exhaustive overview of how repo rates work there's you know plenty of videos that we did if you go back to september 2019 to uh figure that out but anyways there was one bank that was um, you know, taking out a ton of these loans. Now we didn't know what that bank was at the time because they keep this information secret. But John discovered today, uh, drumroll, please, that the bank that was basically messing everything up and had to take you know tens of billions of dollars worth of loan was none other than J.P. Morgan Chase. So you know, J.P. Morgan, um, you've got Jamie Dimon, chairman and CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, likes to perpetually brag about his bank's fortress-like balance sheet. But in the fall of 2019, that fortress needed to borrow huge sums of money from the Federal Reserve for still unexplained reasons. The trading units of other Wall Street banks also borrowed large sums from the Fed, but they haven't branded themselves as the fortress balance sheet. Yesterday, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York released the names of the banks and the dollar balance that were borrowed under its emergency repo loan operations for the last quarter of 2019. And this is from WallStreetOnPray.com, and we'll have all the links uh, down below. And it had previously released the data for the period of September 17th, 2019 through September 30th, 2019, which I believe it was September 19th, John and I released a video, maybe it was even on the 17th, where it was an emergency alert video talking about the severity of exactly what was going on. But getting back to the article, the Fed has yet to release the data for the emergency repo loan operations in 2020. At least that was until today. Uh, repo loans, short for repurchase agreements. Uh, all right, we already we already covered this. But anyways, it goes on to say that the Morgan had basically secured 30 billion dollars of loans. Now I don't think this is the full number, and John can definitely you know provide more context to that. But just to remind you guys, we did do an episode with Etienne De La Boutier that did not make it to YouTube, and thank you guys for getting us over 3,000 subscribers. Called Plan. Pandemic, a financial system cover-up with Etienne de la Boutier Squared. Highly recommend checking that out on here. we got Odyssey, where we've got 553 subscribers. So thank you, everyone, very much. Bitshu, we're at 363. And um, anyways, John, so what do you have to say about what's going on with the repo? Is it really, you know, the 30 billion, you know, surprise, surprise, it ends up being JP Morgan that's messing everything up. When And what's really rich about this is that it's always Jamie Dimon and JP Morgan seem like they're the two biggest you know, they show the most bravado of, of anybody in terms of, you know, acting very cocky and like he's the smartest person in the world. But, you know, he might be the smartest person because, you know, he's able to, you know, put on this front and then borrow, you know, tens of billions of dollars on the backside while we're the ones who end up bailing his ass out. So, what do you got to say about this article that you discovered for us earlier today?
1: Well, actually, so I, I looked at the article and, and there's actually data to it. So I, I went and looked at the physical data. So I'm going to share the data right now uh, with everybody. It, it, I just go through this because what it looks like is pretty boring. Uh, But I just want to show you like this is how the sales strategy looks. So you could see like the actual repo, like this is when it started on September 17th and so on. And so you could see who actually were the borrowers here uh at the time and uh what i'm going to do i'm going to just turn this off because it's nobody wants to look at a boring excel spreadsheet do a look at my pretty face instead
0: and actually your uh, so pretty, so pretty face you is, look at fro- it, is frozen right now on, my
1: so on the 17th yeah. okay so on the at uh when you go and look at the repo overnight on the 17th uh you actually uh we go and take a look at who participated in it And and actually who participated in it uh, was a lot of banks, not just J.P. Morgan, Tim, it was uh, uh, all the usual suspects plus uh, a few others. And uh, who actually was the biggest participant of them all was J.P. Morgan. Uh, Surprisingly, they had um, uh, two, let's see, let let me just pull it up here. They had two uh, treasury securities uh, repo operations uh, over one uh, overnight uh one that was at five billion dollars uh at three percent and then one that was at 2.5 billion dollar at 2.25 percent uh so that was that and then of course uh there's another b- big bang, bank up there that everybody knows about uh which got a better interest rate by the way than jp morgan so i guess I mean, is that cool yeah <laughs> five billion dollars with Goldman big Sachs that freaking same surprise yeah And actually, who got the best one, uh, the actual best rate? Uh, Yeah, that was Goldman Sachs, Tim, that actually had the best repo rate of them all. Uh, Other one is NatVest Market Securities, uh, which was only like $50 million that they had. But again, you had Citigroup uh, was up here. You had UBS uh, Securities the same day, TD Securities US, uh General, so, which is the biggest bank in uh in Europe almost, uh, which is a French bank. They would they had lo- lots of borrowing at three billion dollars, two two issues there. Uh RBC from Canada, Nomura from Japan.
0: Now is this uh, is this so your all, da- is this your the- data that you're looking is this your data from the Fed that you're looking at, or is this uh from no, from the articles? This-
1: this is actually. This is not even from the article. This is actually from the Excel spreadsheet from the Fed's own website that what he talks about in the article. Uh, those Excel spreadsheets. So this is exactly like what I showed initially. That's exactly. This is directly from the Fed. So it's uh, not me making it up, guys. It's uh, right out there with uh, with the Federal Reserve. Uh, Own so numbers and who actually because they they delay this so we don't see it initially so we can't you know uh, play these uh, bastards uh, because they're hiding what's going on. And we've had to, to wait well, a the... year.
0: We've had to wait a year and so basically since so, so September of 2019 we've had to wait for yeah. this data. And it's not like there's a it comes to a big fanfare. It's like basically you texted to me. Wall Street um, Parade had this. And aside from yeah. that, I've heard no one else even even mention this or even be on anyone's radar because they're constantly you know, it's, it's bombarding us with so much stuff. There's been obviously been so much stuff that's gone on since September, yeah. uh, you know, seventeenth of twenty nineteen to today. It's really uh, yeah. unbelievable. But yeah. one thing that, that even happened right before that, we're talking like one month before that, Jackson Hole. Uh, there was a meeting that the Federal Reserve does every year, and at that uh, meeting, good old you know, take a guess, BlackRock. Gabe, this is August uh, 2019 in BlackRock. We have covered this before. I know. Um, I know we on the Ernest Hancock show we did cover this, but it was called De- "Dealing with the Next Downturn: From Unconventional Monetary Policy to Unprecedented Policy Coordination." And then just reading here, like the, the bold highlights, there is not enough monetary policy space to deal with the next downturn. Fiscal policy should play a greater role, but it's unlikely to be effective on its own. A soft form of coordination would help ensure the monetary and fiscal policies are both providing stimulus rather than working in opposite directions. An unprecedented response is needed when monetary policy is exhausted and fiscal policy alone is not enough. Oh, like uh, like what, like four or five months later, when BlackRock, then at the behest of the Fed, was then buying up actual junk bonds and they got to sell their own junk bond ETF to the Federal Reserve and act as a middleman in between, like that form of unprecedented response. It's amazing that they then got hired by multiple central banks, including the Fed and Bank of Israel, to basically Coordinate these actions, um, you know, right after they had a paper talking about actions that would need to be coordinated. Going on, extreme form of going direct, oh, like directly buying your fucking junk bond ETF would be an explicit and permanent monetary financing of a fiscal expansion or so called helicopter money. So that would be, you know, the CARES Act that basically just happened. A practical way of going direct would need to cover the following. And it lists a bunch of stuff. I mean, this is a 16 page document. We have covered this before in the past, but it is amazing that this in, in my estimation is a complete, the whole pandemic. I mean, obviously they want to control and they want to have a, bring in a medical tyranny and they want social credit scores and they want to you know, have vaccine passports, that at to social credit scores. But, you know, ultimately the financial system was collapsing. And so they wanted to shore things up. So you have a big, you know, scary enemy that no one could see as in, you know, the, uh, thing that required the jab. And now all of a sudden, you know, no one gives a you know what about, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars of you know the Fed's balance sheet that was exploded while all these big banks got to take a bunch of bullshit off their balance sheets and put it directly at the Fed when everybody was worried about you know 15 days to flatten the curve and this is completely under the radar. And most people are completely unaware of just how uh on the brink the system was uh you know in those you know middle of September John.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and what you see here is this is the next day. Actually, I think we did the video on the 18th, Tim, and this is what we were talking about in the video, the $75 billion in repo that they had to go in and do. And what you can see here is actually uh, uh, JP Morgan is just ahead of Goldman Sachs. So the two biggest banks are the ones that are getting hit the hardest. But, of course, JP Morgan has a worse interest rate than uh, Goldman Sachs. So I don't know how much uh, Jamie Dimon uh, Jamie Demon over there likes that that has the uh, worst interest rate than uh, you know, Goldman Sachs' is, uh, worst opponent uh, the banksters. So that's pretty hilarious. But as we actually go down here, you could see that it just continues. And JP Morgan again, next uh, day, you know, this is the 19th, another 10 billion that they had to do overnight. But uh, but when we go down here, we start to see like these, uh, here could see the term days. I had to start rolling these, this bad debt and it seems like it was about 10 billion Tim that they have to roll now and now they roll it into a three-day term uh, as you can see here not just overnight uh and then it was turned into 14 days let's see if we can find JP Morgan here again yeah as you can see here they, they had to turn some of the debt over to 14 days now uh and and, and uh, if we go further down you know like a couple of more days here. Does it start showing uh, like see. the people that were taking yeah, the this... three
0: month loans?
1: Uh, no, not the three. They don't have the data, yet, but they do have data for uh, the one month term. So let us uh, let me just scroll quickly here. There's a ton of data. So I, I'm actually looking at maybe I should uh, create some visualization of this. It's this pretty, pretty interesting to see the scumbags at play. But here you can see JP Morgan, you know, suddenly it's taken uh, then a month uh, term on on it is in its treasuries as you can see like this is four billion dollars and as you can see it just worsens and worsens and, and actually i guess in three months from now we'll actually see the next numbers which is up to march can you I go think, back to the where you're just asking let's so say goldman sachs go through those well. Where honestly like the one you were just
0: at there was some like where it said like 390 it was i believe it was goldman sachs anyways i mean it just yeah it's amazing how this Information all this gets basically swept under the rug for a year and a half, and they, you know, have a whole pandemic go on, and no one cares about it. But, you know, this is huge news. I mean, why is the government or the Federal Reserve letting these banks borrow tens of billions of dollars? And again, this is before the pandemic was going on that this was happening, you know, much to the fanfare of, you know, basically nobody. And, uh, It's just absolutely crazy because, I mean, the Federal Reserve was not founded to bail out Wall Street banks. Now, of course it was, but that's not what they ever said because, you know, basically there was the panic of 1907. Can we get that off the screen? And um, basically you had the panic of 1907, J.P. Morgan, uh, the actual J.P. Morgan, not the namesake, or I guess it would be the namesake, not the company. He had to bail out Wall Street uh, during the panic of 1907 and then basically from that sort of framework it was like, hey, it wouldn't be great if we had a Federal Reserve type system and every and, and it's you know capitalism on the way up, you know socialism on the way down where the banks. to keep all the money on the way up and then get bailed by the people on the way down and you know it could have been the playbook for 2008 but you know this was all based off essentially the panic of 1907 and then obviously you know there's always been the struggle between central bank people that wanted central banks obviously the authoritarians the collectivists, versus the you know people that didn't that understood what was going on and didn't want central banking i mean example, after example, after example, whether it's, you know, the founding fathers. well, obviously, you know, some founding fathers were for it, like, you know, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, And then there was, you know, some that were against it, like, you know, Benjamin Franklin. then you also had, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln that was obviously against this guys like Andrew Jackson that were against this. not to get in all the quotes and all the stories, which I could get into now, but I want to save you guys and save the voice. But, you know, this is big news that we do appreciate you for bringing us this news because know if if any if there's ever one bank that just gets way too cocky that you know always acts like they're the absolute best and that you know he's the smartest person in the world it's jamie Dimon. i mean jamie diamond and you know and this goes to show that you know they were over leveraged they got into trouble somehow and had to take out 30 billion dollars worth of loans and i'm sure it's probably even more than 30 billion i mean this information just coming out i think that was just for that one uh period yeah, they, didn't, from... they
1: didn't even uh, they didn't even have till march right so they only have till the end of the year of 2019 right and, and the real big blow up was actually on, in march that you me also covered in great detail in several videos uh, and also what is very interesting is before everything started tim uh i i was on ernie's show and i was talking about that they were actually doing um Already, they were purchased doing a small QE on a small level, and it started really in August. When, when was that speech again, Tim? Uh, from BlackRock at Jackson Hole,
0: it was August of 2019.
1: Yeah, so basically, on the 15th of August, that's when it starts to like they actually have to start to buy, um, uh, buy bonds like treasuries from RBC, namura Wells Fargo has like 500 million um uh, and then like there's a whole bunch of goldman sachs j p morgan morgan stanley like there's actually like a qe going on before they actually started like the repo uh thing here as well so this is another thing that i talked about that nobody really mentioned that there was actually qe going on in the background uh during you know the so called taper uh tapering that was going on but they actually started it on august 15th with small QE on the side where they actually purchased uh, treasuries from like, you have the list, there's all the major banks and some of them are pretty substantial, like 249 to uh, Wells Fargo here, like $500 million uh, worth of treasuries that they actually, uh, no sorry, $500 million uh, worth of treasuries that they actually bought from Wells Fargo and also Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. all these guys, they were buying them, but not on a very high level at the time. But they're actually buying them so what, what this shows us is that <laughs> they're all in trouble like uh, all of these guys like uh, we mentioned basically more like top 10 banks there um, that uh, received the repo money that also like pre the repo crisis in august 15th and out uh were uh you know getting qe from the federal reserve they bought their treasuries directly from these entities uh, and so yeah, th- these guys were in trouble way before, you know, anybody, uh, you know, before it actually started to come out to the public, uh, when people started to finally pay attention. And of course that repo crisis then turned into, you know, the meltdown in um, in March, which was blamed on the lockdowns from COVID, of course. Uh, but it was basically a massive, as we went through with Etienne la uh it was a massive cover up <laughs> for the financial crimes that was going on at the Fed.
0: Yeah, and I'm—I was trying to find the exact date, but it's saying, uh, you know, from the, at least the conference they had in 2021, and this was on August 24th. So if, if, they, if they keep a, around the same time frame, yeah. we're talking this, you know, the Jackson whole. Uh, BlackRock thing was, you know, one week after, you know, those events that you were talking about in August. Uh, but, you know, this year's was called Fed's Jackson Hole Conference hopes to address an uneven economy. Oh, I wonder why it's uneven because you give the richest people in the world access to the money first and flood the economy with trillions of dollars to basically, you know, create a renter's economy with the richest people in the world yeah. and BlackRock and Blackstone get to buy up everything to so then make everybody renters on that planet. Well, maybe that's why it's uneven. And so, Man, well, this is uh, you know crazy, crazy news. <laughs> I appreciate you bringing us this news. Again, you guys go to timandjohnshow.com. Make sure you subscribe there. That way, we'll send you email updates uh if we have to we'll send text updates we haven't had to do it yet although they are apparently i've heard that they are starting to block people's text messages not from us but just in general and then also uh you know bit and odyssey because you know youtube they tube it's uh you know a lot of the best shows that we've done are not on there anymore they've been yanked we've gotten strikes uh but we do appreciate you know the 3,000 subscribers that we just crossed that threshold the other day so definitely appreciate that i mean it only took about you know six months to get that last uh 20 subscribers not that i really believe their stats but anyways thank Thank you guys so much. I'm Tippett with Liberty Advisor. That's John Sison, Economic Truth, always bringing you guys, uh, you know, the most hard hitting financial news that no one else does. Take care.